Greetings, wrestling fans, and welcome to another edition of the Raging Marks Wrestling Podcast. Actually, I'd like to welcome you to the Ravishing Rampage edition of the Raging Marks Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ravishing Randy, joined alongside... With the other member, it's Rampage. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, noticeably, TNK absent this week. Uh, he's going to be taking a little bit of time off. Uh, word through the grapevine says he lost his smile. And so he's uh, going to find it. I don't know. Maybe you know a little bit more about it than me, Rampage. What's going on? Uh, he just needs some time off. A little burnt out a little bit. Uh, you know, we're all, you know, everybody, the stresses of life. Yeah. Sometimes you just need to de- decomp- uh, how you call it, de-stress and step away and do things. And then how he was like, talk, like we were talking and he, want- he really wanted to just like step away for a, a while. But then I brought up some ideas before I knew about the longness of this. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, and then, uh, oh, ooh, that sounds great. So it's going to, we're going to give him his time as much as he needs. Um, I don't buy, I don't buy that. I don't buy that. I think you flew off the handle as you're prone to do flipping rampage. You put him through a fucking table and you sent him straight to a local medical facility. That's exactly what you did. Not Kurt. Couldn't do that to him. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, nah, man. No, nah, nah, we get it, man. There's a lot of shit going on in everybody's lives. If I'm rampaging now, someone's dying. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, man. Sometimes you got to step away, get your mind right, uh, you know, get down to basics. And so, you know, TNK taking some well-deserved time away, and we'll welcome him back soon enough. But in the meantime, Rampage and I will uh, keep the ship afloat. And this is actually the first time we're doing a show by ourselves because yeah. we have done you have done shows with shows with uh with uh TNK with y'all too and then I've done a show with TNK which he said never fucking again because <laughs> how much I just trashed TNA it was a TNA episode too so <laughs> oh yeah pissed on his baby He's then like, again I'm right. never doing a fucking show again but I was just I was like I didn't trash on it I just made points and that he trashed it himself trashed it himself I didn't make points out. I mean, you, you sometimes you got to put the uh, the mirror up to you know up to yourself. You know, I mean, he can he can admit that TNA had its stretch where it was uh, utter shite. Hey, they got to live with that reputation. I admit I'm an ECW guy, and at the end of ECW, it's straight shit. Look, I'll admit it. We had some stretches in ECW that were straight shit. We had stretches in WCW that were just plain shit. Even WWE for a while there was, you know, complete and utter shit. The first year of this podcast, it was utterly plain shit. That, you know, it, it is kind of interesting that, you know, we hold WWE in such high esteem now when it really wasn't that long ago that, um, you know, we, yeah, we were shitting on it basically on a weekly basis, specifically Raw uh, during that stretch. Because, I mean, a three-hour show that had no direction at all. My, how things have changed. and. I know you've been very critical about AEW, and I am going to say that this is going to be kind of a AEW-centric show this week, just because we did spend a lot of time on the last episode talking about the fallout from SummerSlam. Um, we still didn't really know what was going to be going on with All in London at that point. And, that, and, and, then, and pretty much you can probably... I do have my Rampage 5, mm-hmm. and it's going to be the reasons why I really don't like AEW. <laughs> and and that's one of the things is the long term storytelling. 
the lack of that they can't for some fucking reason AEW cannot take a storyline and just stretch it out. You know, I I will say this, that was maybe one of their strengths before like like the Heyman Kenny Omega storyline was like some of the best two year storytelling you could possibly put together. I mean, just seeing something executed from start to finish, the twists and turns that they went on was great. There hasn't been as much of that in the last year. Um, that you know, I, and I think a reason for that might tie into kind of like the first thing we're gonna bring up, like in the build up to AEW All in London. I mean, a big monumental show, but there were a lot of talent uh, backstage that were really kind of upset with Tony Khan and just the build-up to the event, how he was conducting business. Um, Some of it also stemmed to a lot of the CM Punk backstage controversy, which it seems like there's a new story every week uh, about something that went down that he pissed somebody off. But, you know, they're like, you know, shit, All In is like two weeks away, three weeks away, and we don't really know what the hell is going to be on the show. You know, it's it's funny that on Friday night I watch Heels and then on Saturday night, well, Sunday morning, I can start reading about the fallout of heelish stuff in AEW with, mm-hmm. with Punk and that on, on Saturdays. It makes it entertaining, it makes it interesting. And that, I mean that's the thing, look. I was critical about AEW, like how they handled that whole situation with Punk and, and the Elite. And like, look, I you, AEW needs CM Punk. They need him to be him. Yeah. This will make this what this what brings out AEW. This what brings out the views. This what brings out more interesting because, let's be honest, Tony Khan, personality of a fucking door handle. He's. I mean, he's a he's a glorified fanboy. You know, and 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 like and 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 look, I will say this: it's it it's a good quality at times because he doesn't necessarily. It, I do appreciate the fact that he tries to give he tries to give the fans dream matches. He looks at it from the perspective of a fan and be like, if 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 I were a fan, what would I like to see? And I can appreciate that he will do that. Thing is, sometimes he gives away the farm. In doing so, now, yeah. to the the point that I was making about uh, long term storytelling, and um, why it's maybe taken so long for this card for All In to come together, I do feel like that they've been snake bitten in the last year and a half by injuries. You know, you look back to the original Forbidden Door and how there were so many great matches that were originally planned for that card that had to go by the wayside and they had to kind of adjust on the fly because of injuries. You know, so you had that, and it's one of those things you don't necessarily want to promise all these big matches for all in and then not be able to deliver them because everybody's hurt. Um, look look at a lot of key players that are going to be missing this pay-per-view due to injury. Uh, Brian Danielson, you know, with a broken arm. Um, Jamie Hayter, uh, dealing with all the shoulder issues and uh, recovery from surgery and everything there. Um, Pac is going to be missing time except with a broken nose, right? I mean, there, there's a lot of, like, key injuries to big names that would have really, I think, drew that London house in, especially a lot of U.K.-grown talent. 
Look, I can understand shoulder injuries. I can understand the broken bone. Put a fucking broken nose. Good fucking. Yeah, put a mask on. Uh, <laughs> didn't he wrestle in WWE with a fucking mask with a broken nose? Yeah. I mean, there's got to be more to it than just that. I mean, Pac definitely seems like the type of person that, you know, would wrestle regardless. So, I mean, there's got to be something more serious maybe with that injury than what's being let on, but. I have a broken orbital bone. I would never say you have a broken nose, you have a broken orbital bone. Then, yeah, you can't wrestle. If you just say you have a broken nose and you, you're not on the card for wrestling, I mean, that's just... Unless he's going to make a surprise appearance, which, you know, I mean, there's talk about another person maybe making a surprise appearance. There's, there's, we'll... there's, three, there's three spots open still left on one of the matches, so... Yeah, but I mean, it, I think it was definitely legitimate criticism that it took so long for a lot of these matches to be announced. Because we've even talked about it right before we went on air. The fact that we're, um, you know, this is the week of All In that we're actually sitting here recording. This is going to be the Sunday. Next Sunday, we have another pay-per-view for AEW All Out in Chicago. We only have one match that's announced for that card. Yeah, then that's uh, Luchasaurus versus... Uh Darby Darby Allen, yeah, and and he's in in a coffin match. This this Sunday, I'm like, are you that premature? Because he might get hurt. Right, he wrestles and and everything. Um, it's yeah, I, 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 I mean, I I think it can be a legit criticism, especially. When we were talking about this months ago, we're like, okay, if they're doing all in in London, there's no way that they're going to be doing another pay per view like right after. And then, sure enough, it's like, no, they're actually going to do it. So, you know, it's like, okay, then is all in London going to be treated like a glorified house show, or are they going to go all out for that? And if they do go all out for that, how do you, how do you do back to back big pay per views? How are they doing the bet? Are they paying like you got to pay for both? Are there two separate pay per views? Are there? Yeah, no, two separate pay per views. You you got to pay twice. Sixty nine, sixty sixty, fifty fifty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I you know I thought the same thing myself, but I, I I don't know. It's like look, you know, put a good card together and and convince me that it's worth watching. I think it might be. I think they might be trying to accomplish too much. The real focus though should be on this all in. Um, pay-per-view though like definitely put your focus on that all out you know the, the chicago chicago crowd's gonna be there i mean granted you know their numbers i think the last few times that they've gone to chicago have like slowly dwindled not not a lot but you know you still have a diehard hardcore fan base that's there so you know hey maybe they can pull it off let's go ahead though and dive into the actual pay-per-view though because um this thing since it was announced, since tickets went on sales, it's shattered expectations. I know I'm, I'm going to call you out here because you were, you were, I think, one of the naysayers that was like, they'll be lucky to draw. No, 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 no. I have always said they would draw because they're hungry. England's hungry for wrestling. Did you think they would get over 80,000? Yeah, fucking Wembley, yes. Yeah, yeah hmm. you're gonna, they're going to show out. It's going to be a thing. They're going to show out. No matter what, you can head, you can head a WWE event in Wembley, or you can have an AEW event in Wembley. It's gonna sell. It's wrestling. Yeah, they're they're major marks for it. They love the fucking product. 
they don't get it enough. They're hungry for it. There's a reason why NXT UK was started development there because it's a market. It's there. It's a need. People want want to go to this shit. So yeah, it's going to draw. I just think it, I took it as it's nothing to read about. It's nothing to read about. If I'm WWE, huh, okay. Have your fun in Wembley. You can't do that in the United States. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Like, you can put those numbers. Like any wrestling promotion, go to England and put those numbers out. WWE. Yeah. Well, just wait to wait till they officially announce a WrestleMania in in London, whenever in the next couple of years. Watch those numbers just drown out everything else that happens. Well, it's I'll put it like this: this is a major opportunity for AEW, and it's a it's a matter of okay, how how are you going to follow up on this? That's why I think like doing the two pay per views back to back is maybe uh, a bad idea on their end. But again, you know, you just got to kind of wait and see what happens. Look at WWE with WrestleMania. You know, the first WrestleMania was a success, all things considered. WrestleMania 2, not so much, but they were still tweaking and figuring out the formula. WrestleMania 3 in Detroit, granted, it was anchored by the match that everybody wanted to see. Um, but it was really WWE used the success of WrestleMania 3 to catapult themselves into new stratospheres of financial success at the time. So, you know, again, this is a, this is a pivotal moment in AEW's development as a as a brand. You know, how are you going to capitalize on the momentum and the opportunity? That's, you know, very big question to ask. But I mean, this thing's been breaking records pretty much since tickets went on sale. Um as of August 18th, um the event has sent uh, AEW's attendance and revenue record uh first day sales alone. Uh but on 18th uh, it was estimated that they broke the paid attendance record for a professional wrestling event uh, with a reported 80,846 tickets distributed, um, shattering w- uh, WWE's record for WrestleMania 32 of 80,709. I say shattered, but no, like it broke the record. Um, but there's still a few days left and still potential for more tickets to be sold to, to make it even bigger. Um, but it's estimated that as of now, just the ticket sales are over $9 million in uh, revenue. So, definitely great success there. See how they capitalize on it. I feel like the card itself is actually not bad, all things considered. I think you do have some good matches there. There's a few question marks. I was going to say, what's one big thing that stands out at you on the card as far as what is this doing here? Because I know you being an AEW critic, there's, there's maybe a uh, match or two on here that you're like, why, why is this happening? Or maybe glaring omissions, because I know that was another thing you and I were talking about before we went on air. Okay. Um, you, you, there was a, there's a trio match, and the trio champions are not are not in it. That's that's one. Mm-hmm. Um, I would think, and I think everybody in in England and in London was thinking that they're going to get. Osprey versus Omega. I thought so too. And I know I there was, I know, the I know there was a lot of criticism in, in London that they they're not getting that. Um why are we having a fucking coffin match in London? And why are we having another stadium stampede match? 
Well, it's interesting that you bring up the Stadium Stampede match. Let's go ahead and actually start with that. So, I mean, of the matches that have been announced for All In, and I'm sure that there might be an additional one or two that are throwing in last minute this week. Oh, and on top um, of that, too, with the, it goes ties in with the Stadium Stampede match. Mm-hmm. Who's in this match holds a fucking title that says international champion and not defending it in international waters? That hey, that is a very good question. Um, look, I will say this. If anybody has defended their belt um on a more consistent basis than any other champion, I would say it is Orange Cassidy. And it, it's been well documented the fact that He's been dealing with a lot of nagging injuries. He's been banged up, busted up, but he still goes out there and defends the title at least once a week, if not more. Um, so I think maybe they did this for him as a way to maybe shelter him, protect him, and let him heal up a little bit um, because he's been constantly going and going. Um, but as far as the combatants that are announced for Stadium Stampede, we have a team uh, of Eddie Kingston, the Lucha Brothers, and the Best Friends. Uh, so six men right there going up against the Blackpool Combat Club and three wrestlers TBD. I know you're saying that there was a glaring omission uh, as far as we're having a trios match and no trios champions that are wrestling. Um, I have a feeling there, there's three spots left on that team. They could probably slot into that spot quite nicely because John Moxley has a bit of history with... Uh, Malachi Black going back to the Fed. Um, I think that that might be a mutual respect thing there that eventually turns into a little feud between the Blackpool Combat Club and the House of Black. Or I could see the the seeds potentially being planted for a team up there and then a feud between the two factions. What say you? (laughs) I just think that would be so... Out of left field. Is it, though? Because, I mean, like, these are, I mean, like, you think those six men are six men that can actually go in the ring. Um, There's a nice combination of matches that can be had amongst each of the the three individuals on each side. I think think that you could potentially build something good there for, like, a program going forward. Thing is, they're both kind of heel factions, so how do you make that work? And never will work. That's I, I don't know. I I like to see like maybe like Rusev in this match with with the with the Blackpool Combat Club. because hmm. he is going through a bit of a character rework on Collision right now. He's he, they still call him the Redeemer, but he's not like trying to redeem himself to his God anymore. Now he's just a one man wrecking crew on a mission to destroy everything in sight. So. I like you know like like the more I think about it, I think that would be a good addition there, Rusev. I'm just trying to think of like what other wrestlers you could probably slot in that position, because I think like like the fact that it's three open spots. I don't know. Um, I was gonna say to the other point that you brought up though with uh, Will Osprey and Kenny Omega not getting that match, the fact that we are gonna be getting Chris Jericho and Will Osprey instead, um, it's definitely kind of fulfilling a promise that we had going into 2020 when the two of them were supposed to face off against each other in New Japan, but then the pandemic happened and that canceled those plans. 
So it's kind of one of those things they're maybe trying to make it right to the fans and give them that match three years later. Um, but to your point, I was kind of I was kind of thinking Will Ospreay, Kenny Omega, um, that oh, would have been one. the match to Here have. You go. Here you go. There's a fucking someone from London on AW's roster, and he's not going to be on this card. Anthony Gogo is a fucking ex-Olympic fucking boxer for fucking England. Yeah. I don't know. There were some. There were just things that I, I, I don't get. I'm looking at the roster right now. Like you could pretty much just slot, slot anybody that's from fucking WWE and put them in there and be like, take the spot. I don't know. I think I think Cody kind of buried Anthony Coco. Whatever the two of them faced off against each other a couple of years ago. Have we have we even really seen him on AEW programming since? I don't know. I don't I think mean. so. But yeah, no, I mean, that, that is a question that people bring up a lot. Um, I was going to say, the, the whole buildup with the Jericho Osprey match came in a left field, though. Like, I, I don't necessarily like how they played everything out this past week on Dynamite with, you know, Jericho and, um, shit, what's to say, Don Callis uh, in the ring and, like, Jericho kind of building and building and building and then finally saying he was going to join Team Callis. And then, you know, the entire time, Callis had a painting of Jericho with his head ripped off and, like, him looking like a beefed-up god or whatever. I it, Just to me, it was like, that, that was shitty planning and execution. But then the whole fallout of it, you know, Takeshita hits the ring, Jericho's able to fight him off, and then all of a sudden, Will Ospreay appears out of nowhere to align himself with Don Callis officially. Um, and then... Sammy Guevara comes out for the save, and then we immediately cut to video of a promo from Jack Perry. It's like, we didn't even, we, we, we've turned Jericho in this instance from heel to face, and we didn't even give the moment enough time to breathe to, like, have that sympathy for beating down Jericho, because now we're jumping on to the next thing. I feel like, whereas Collision has been a banger show every week since it's debuted, and, like, the pacing and the timing on it is pitch perfect. I feel like Dynamite is just rush, 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 rush through everything. Nothing's given a moment to breathe, to let it, like, really resonate and set in with the crowd, to really evoke that emotion that you're trying to go for. Because I, I, I think they just need, they need to make... I think AEW is in an identity crisis right now. I think you have two different shows, and how they were saying the the, the rumor was there were going to be two roster splits, but then there was not going to be a roster split. There's going to be like an unofficial roster split. Just do the fucking roster split because I think I think there there's two different there's two different forms of wrestling. You have the spot fest, keep that shit on Wednesday nights. And then bring the old school technical wrestling aspect of it to Saturday nights, and and it and it will work. And I think I I think the the thing is is like if with the spot rest, it's all about go go go. But also too is like this past this this Wednesday coming up. I think they're doing a show in Georgia, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. That show in Georgia, they're recording. Dynamite. They recorded all three shows on Wednesday. 
Right, because they're going to be doing the travel. If I'm, in the, if I'm, if I was going to that crowd, I'd be like, "Fuck this shit." Yeah. First, and this, it's it, like you're rushing, and it feels like a rush because it. I think it's just always about a rush because they're they're doing too much. They're trying to do too much at once. Mm-hmm. Where like with uh, Dynamite and with Rampage, it always seems rushed because they're trying to get everything done and, and to get it to to format. So it won't be as long. But on Saturday, it's just that show. And so it's able to breathe and is able to have its own flow. But I won't be shocked this Saturday's episode's a little bit rushed because it's going to be on Wednesday. I right. think it's going to get rushed. Which another thing is... Well, like, I mean, I but, it's also, but it's also going to be pre-taped so they can edit and they can do things with it. It's a different thing. Like, like I feel like there, there's... Was, but I think you can feel, you can see that if it's like that same thing with Raw back in the 90s when it was pre-taped, you can tell that eh, you still don't get that luster that the well, crowd, yeah. the, that, that well, you because, see a big well, moment, you, you, well, that because that crowd's going to still Because you lose that unpredictability there. factor. I mean, granted, the internet was sort of in its infancy at that point as far as like people actually spreading the gossip and the word and everything of what happened. But like, you know, legit, you had Nitro that was live almost every week. And I mean, they literally sit there and tell you exactly what happened at uh, the taped Raw. So it's like, oh, you don't have to watch that. You could stay right here. But see, I think that I think they missed the, the boat on that with Saturday night. Why couldn't they do a little, not a big time production, but have a small house show taping of of for Saturday in London? Like. That could have been at something that you could have sold, or not even necessarily in London, just like anywhere in the UK. Well, I think you do it in London. You can do it like yeah, do it in Ireland. Wimb- do it, you know. Technically, whatever. technically, Wembley's Wembley's a little bit not in fucking London. Yeah. So you can you can go down like to the O2, or you can go to just something like a smaller venue, and have something more intimate, and have like do something but have it taped, and do like have it have a show there where you don't have to. Put this poor Georgia, this crowd on Wednesday. I feel almost feel bad for him. First thing, this, there's no nobody in the seats going to be at for hour six of this shit. Yeah. So like I, I, I just think I, I don't, I don't think that it's such a rush, and I think that's one of the things that I dislike about Khan is that it's is like he, he's doing too much. Yeah. He, it seems like he's trying to put. 20 years of the business of trying to make, trying to make a legacy that's like 20, a 20 year legacy into fucking just two, three years. And it's like, you gotta let it kind of grow. I'm genuine. I'm like, I'm genuinely curious. And I know we kind of talked about it and touched on this, but like why you don't use like Jacksonville kind of like, kind of like how NXT has their setup at full sale Orlando. I don't get why you can't use Jacksonville for, like, your Rampage, you know, and that takes the place of, I mean, not even necessarily dark, but you could film, what? in a sense, like, several weeks of programming right there, like, a- in Jacksonville. Exactly. And run that on Fridays and edit it to where you have the cohesive go stories going week in, week out. I'll go one further. Why did they stop the dark, like, AEW dark? Why, why, what was a good reason? They're, they were like, well, we're going to do collision and there's going to be more opportunity 
on 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 TV. No, it's not. What Dark was providing was more was airtime on YouTube of people that's not being utilized. Guess what? They're still they're still not being utilized. Yeah, because there's still not enough airtime. No matter what 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 how they're gonna put this and how other people put it, there's not enough airtime for that roster. That roster is too big. Mm-hmm. Like how we talked about WWE a couple years ago, how big that roster was, and there's no shit. They how big roster. that roster was, and there was no excuse why a lot of them weren't getting time on Raw. Yeah, you know? and then and but you know, like now they're still there. They're still not time, but they do have those other shows that's out there. They still have superstars. That's or the main event. I mean, main events. I don't. Know, one of the two still out there. Yeah, but shit, you had a developmental program which was being filmed in Jacksonville. You could have kept up. Look, Rampage needs to go off the fucking air. I mean, Friday you need to night, you need to retool it. I don't, I, think you retool I don't necessarily think you need to take it off, but you I need think to you need to take it, it off on Friday. But I think it it's a great tool if you were to give that airtime and put it on YouTube and do like dark again. I think that's a better tool for the people. Well, you, well, you're not gonna you're not gonna take it off air because you're getting paid to put that on there. So it's that, like no, collect the check, but at the same point in time. You don't necessarily need to use it to fuel storylines of like bigger wrestlers or whatever. You could use that as your that, not, not quite developmental show, but but in a sense your developmental show. Well, basically, first thing, TN Warner TNT whatever the fuck company is Discovery whatever it's called now. They're not gonna they're they're gonna look at it and be like, well, it's Friday and their numbers are not getting any better. Because this is the this is this is the same company, different owners, different people, different name. It's the same channel, the same comp, the same company, grassroots. That didn't want to keep WCW at some point because they say, look, we could put better programming here for better numbers. Their yep. numbers are not their numbers. That their time for Rampage is is coming. Is click is TikToking that it's going to be gone sooner than later. Yeah, but I mean, at the same point in time too, you know, it's it's twenty four years later, and you don't necessarily have a lot of the same people that were in power at that time in power today. So I mean, it's a different day, same different mindset. Era. If you if you hear them talk about their TV deals and trying to when they're working on the TV deals, and uh, trying to get this time time slot, you know why? You know why it's so easy for them to give them that 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 Saturday night time slot. Because there's nothing usually on on Saturday nights. They don't think about it. What contract do they don't have? They don't have a college football contract. Mm-hmm. They don't have a M- well. They have they have NBA contract for Wednesdays, or th- I mean Thursdays. They don't have nothing for Saturday. They can't compete with college football on in the fall. They, there's things that they can't compete with, and they're like, "Well, fuck it. It's now like a dead period," which 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 really is. Mm-hmm. How many people really watch it live on Saturday compared to tape? Because it's I Saturday mean, I admit I don't I don't watch it live, but they also but a lot of it's these very people are to watch it live because also too is Saturday nights is, is one of those things that you're always going to go against something. Mm-hmm. You're going against a major sporting event. You're going to go against now WWE pay per views. You're going to go against boxing. You're going to go against w, uh, UFC. I mean that's that's a hard that's a hard sell. 
but if you watch if the the rewatch is that great is good it's going to be something good i think i i really they need to just be in str- I, they need to get to a streaming platform just to have these shows be more successful i believe well, I mean, the thing is, though, they still factor in, like, DVR numbers and everything. And so even with that, they do, I mean, they do well enough for, uh, like, Warner Discovery to consider it one of their flagship brands. And uh, just talking about AEW programming in general. And so they do have the support there. I really think they need to get that, the whole streaming thing figured out, though, with Max and getting all of AEW's programming back catalog and everything up on there. I also think it was kind of funny that they got a third AEW show, but yet there's still no TV contract for Ring of Honor. Like, Yeah. I don't understand. I don't understand this at all. I don't understand this at all. But yet you can have Ring of Honor. The, there's an app you can watch Ring of Honor, but still no app for AEW for backlog program. Yeah. It's I don't I, see this is the thing like, I don't understand. Like, well, there's a lot of things that they do that's like, okay, it does not make too much sense. And when I see this, it's like, all right, cool. When it first came out, everything was really good because it's a fresh take. It's all right. Let's. It's a different type of take. All right, it's great. But then it started watching the business part of it. I'm like, holy shit! It's like I don't understand what they're doing. Now the storylines, there, there's some good storylines, and then sometimes it's just like. I turn around and if I miss a week, I'd be like, hey, "What the fuck just happened?" Because storylines like are quickly begin, quickly end. Let's go, okay. in and out. You know, so I just I I don't. I think, yeah. App. WWE is doing a much better st- a job of long term storytelling than AEW at the moment. Um, and, it's and not it's not something that that's broken and can't be fixed. True. But it's definitely a legitimate criticism at this point. I, I really think they... Is it is it fair to say that that a lot of, lot of their, I would say, on-air problems has started when, when Cody left? It was about... It, yeah, just about that time, because that's when Raw was still having shitty programs. Yeah. Cody left, and then AWTV just started, like, took this, I don't know, because, like, he used to be always there. He used to always be in Gorilla. He used to always be in that position. And, like, now I just, I don't, it just seems like. It's like I, I understand that, uh, you know, Tony Tony wanting to be the lead guy and that everything runs through him, and he's the one that actually puts the shows together and everything. Um, the fact that um, you don't have as many cooks in the kitchen because it's like it's Tony's vision and what he wants and everything. At the same point in time, while Vince was the prime visionary and he was the one that would lay out the groundwork for the shows and everything, he still had a team around him to bounce ideas off of to be like, hey, we really shouldn't go in that direction. We should do this, et cetera. And granted, he still had the final say in the end, but you still had that team. I think Tony. I think Tony needs more. He needs more John Laryngitis's. He needs more Bruce Pritchard's. You know. I think he dropped the ball. I think he really dropped the ball big time when he had Regal 
and didn't utilize Regal behind the scenes. Yeah. I think that's a huge, like, I, I don't know. But, I mean, but, but at the same point in time, like, did Regal really want to be there long term if he had the opportunity to go back to WWE? Case had, in point. Did also, too, did he have the opportunity to do things behind the scenes in AEW? And that's the reason why he's like, well, I don't want to be on screen all the time. I want to, I want to do the things. He's really good by what he does behind the scenes. And shocking, shock me, shock me, shock me. NXT's becoming a lot better now because he's <laughs> behind the scenes. Shock me, shock me, shock me. I'm just, I'm just, it had that down period for a long period. And now he's behind the scenes. He's like, oh shit, it's getting back good again. Here we go. Good old William Regal magic. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, I, I think Tony definitely needs to, to kind of grow from this build a team and he, and and like i i like the fact that he has his little like legal size piece of paper that basically he maps out every week of programming for like certain wrestlers or whatever but you need you need to like build that on a larger scale for the rest of your talent because i mean you were talking about stories that come and go and and, and you know bounce around or whatever when are we going to actually get the blow-off match between keith lee and swerve strickland because it feels like one week they're feuding, and then the next week they, they're not on TV or Swerve's doing something else. And then, like, we tease it again, and then we take it away. It's like, just fucking have the blow-off match already, for fuck's sake. Like, granted, I haven't seen much of Keith Lee as of late, like, as of the last, like, week or two. So, I mean... Like I said, I'm speechless by a lot of things they that they do. Like, it just, I don't know. We went off on a little bit of a tangent there. I will say this. I do think Jericho Osprey, it'll be a good match. But at the same point in time, I don't think that's the match that we should be having. And uh, if Osprey doesn't go over here, I'll be very disappointed in the booking. Because I feel like, especially if you're making Jericho now a babyface again, you need to put Osprey over big to potentially build to that match again with him and Kenny. But um, speaking of Kenny, we do have uh, the trios match that you had also mentioned before of the Golden Elite, Kota Ibushi, Kenny Omega, Hangman Adam Page, going up against Bullet Club Gold, Juice Robinson, Jay White, and Takeshita. I tell you what, man, I, I actually do kind of like this whole building of a feud that we have with two factions of Bullet Club. I feel like that's another kind of storyline that's going to pay itself off or that. Maybe something fans have been wanting for a while. We're finally getting a build up or pay off for it. I know you're not a big Kenny Omega fan, so you're just like, you know. Um, they got two people on, on one team that Cat can't really stand. <laughs> I think one has potential, but I, I, God, oh. that's the one match I'll, I'll if I if I do watch this, I will. Try to take a nap on. <laughs> I know you're good for a nap, especially during those uh, preview of live events. <laughs> Man, look, I'm I'm 42. I'm tired. Shit, I'm tired. dude. I came home from work today and I took a nice little uh, 30, 40 minute siesta. So no, I I feel you, brother. I was sitting there at the computer working on something and I passed out twice. I was like, it just it just happened. Shit. Um, 
I was going to say, probably one of the matches that everybody's looking forward to in that, uh, you know, there's maybe talk that it might be in jeopardy considering recent news developments. We have uh, the AEW World Tag Team Championship match between FTR and the Young Bucks to officially lay claim on who's the best tag team in the world. Um, now, this is a match that, like, when they when they teased it and FTR threw out the challenge, I was like, that is definitely a perfect match to have at Wembley. Um, then we get news breaking um, uh, like a week or two after they announced that. Uh, so this is actually just a few days ago um, that uh, Cash Wheeler was arrested in Florida for aggravated assault with a firearm, um, that the warrant was actually issued on July 28th, but he was formally arrested fairly recently. Um, apparently it stems from a road rage incident he uh, appeared in court and pled not guilty on August 3rd, um, but, like, the news actually got out, and there was a lot of speculation as to whether, you know, because it's still got to go to court, if he could leave the country, if his passport was going to be taken away, etc. Um, apparently, that's not the case, and he is actually able to go over to London and perform, but I just wanted to get your thoughts on that because... I'm not surprised that Cash Wheeler owns a gun. He is a North Carolina boy after all, but just the fact that um, there's this gun charge in Florida, road rage incident. Um, in Florida, baby, in Florida. Did you say something that's like, you know, you're born in Florida and, you, like, the first yeah, thing we, you get, uh, we, aside from, like, you know, the little, uh, the little binky, uh, hospital binky, you, you get, get a, a binky, gun. blanket, and a gun. Florida. Yeah, uh, fucking Florida, dude. Like, I don't know. Next thing you're gonna say, he was wearing a fucking cutoff and a freaking uh, uh, a cutoff fucking shirt and some and wearing a plaid fucking shirt over it. I, I mean, Florida. I think I think that's a given. But fucking Florida. <laughs> I, but uh, I'm no, I'm not shocked that it happened in Florida. I'm not shocked there was a gun involved and it's in Florida. Apparently, it happened around Orlando. Orange County. Um, hey, look, if I was living in Florida, I could be carrying a gun everywhere I go because if every time if, if I see the fucking governor of Florida, I'm shooting that motherfucker off. Um, as I say, basically after the news broke, AEW issued a statement um, saying they're closely monitoring the situation. Um, Wheeler's fully cooperating with authorities. And that, uh, I mean, basically I think AEW's kind of stance on this is they're going to let it play out, you know, legal proceedings. You know, you're innocent until proven guilty. He has pled not guilty, and so they're going to, like, wait on punishment um, to be doled out until after the incident's resolved in the courts. Um, it, it's definitely not a good look um, in a sense. It's like, oh, shit, somebody was arrested. Uh, at the same point in time, though, you know, it, it's not like a DUI incident, like with another tag team and another promotion. Um, or the same not, promotion. It's... <laughs> Yeah, or or that. Although they they did um they did take action with with Jeff Hardy when when he had his incident um he he was gone for a while, um and he was a repeat offender. Uh, I mean we haven't really had any legal issues with Cash Wheeler, so it's not like he's constantly in the news. So, you know maybe it is one of those things. You know, hey, you know we'll give him some leniency and let this thing play out. Um. As far as the match itself, I know I'm looking forward to it because they've put on some great matches in the past. Um, this would be the rubber match to kind of settle the score of who is, I, you know, without a doubt, the best tag team 
in AEW. I just want to get some of your thoughts. Like, on I, like, I like how you, I like how you snuck that AEW part because that's correct. Well, I was I was gonna say, well, we 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 had a, a team that could definitely contend with those guys, but they're not a team anymore. So, hmm. <laughs> Um, let's see. We have the women's world heavyweight championship match. It's a That's fatal the four match way. I'm looking forward to on this whole card. Karushita, Tony Storm, Soraya, and more than likely, I don't know if it's officially been announced. More than likely, it's going to be Britt Baker uh, filling that last spot. Um, what are some thoughts that are going into this? By the way, th- this character that Tony Storm's kind of debuted the last two weeks on uh, Collision been kind of a breath of fresh air. I'm kind of curious to see, like, keep going down the rabbit hole with this and see where she takes this character. But I kind of like this development for Tony Storm. What are some of your thoughts? I, look, this right here, this match, this is the best match on the card for me. This is the most in, inter, intriguing matchup. Um, <laughs> I, I would say without a doubt, because this is not WWE, we all know who's winning the title. I mean, that's hands do, down. Do, do we? Yeah, because in WWE, you're in your home, you're in your home area. You're not winning. AEW, that's not the case. Yeah, nope, you're winning. So, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm really intrigued with the matchup um, with uh, Hiroshita. Storm, Soraya, and and Britt Baker. I, I, I this could be magic. I think this could be the best match on the card. Um, Tony Storm's character, look, I don't know. Uh, no. I just want. To, I, I, I was all pins to see and needles here. Pitch, I can't wait to see the more pictures on social media. Coinciding with the character. That's what I'm waiting for. Yeah, I was I was gonna say, um she's kind of going with this Hollywood starlet uh attitude and, and approach. Um I'm I'm I just curious see, I'm curious to see I want to see her do an OnlyFans approach. <laughs> I'm kinda I'm kinda curious to see what her style and ring gear is gonna be for the event. Uh just kind of play it up more like glamour esque. Um you know, I, I was kind of curious by the whole Tony Storm dropping the belt to Sheeta um, on, like, the special episode of Dynamite. But I think it does make sense here if we do that title change to then put it on Soraya in front of uh, in front of her home crowd. Um, yeah, no, it, it's definitely going to be an uh, entertaining match. I'm, I'm curious if this is, like, a way that we're slowly going to dissolve the uh, Outcast faction, though, because I... Mm, I don't see like Tony Storm and Soraya being in there and Soraya going over and it's sitting well with Tony. And they could talk about how much they're sisters and everything, but mm. Mm. are they borrowing from another faction? Mm. Sounds like a judgment date situation. Okay, you're jumping the gun because we're definitely going to be talking about that a little bit later. Um, real quick, because I know we, we, we teased it earlier, but uh, the coffin match Darby Allen and Sting versus Swerve Strickland okay. and AR Fox. I'm just happy can we, that Sting... Can, can, we, can, can, we, can we set the... Uh, talk about the elephant about the elephant in the room for this match? Did you hear the fucking comments 
that Tony Khan fucking made this past week about Sting's career. That his AEW run is the greatest ever in Sting's career. Yeah, no, that... What the fuck? That I'm definitely going to poo-poo. I will say it's better than his WWE run. True. Yeah, but to to say it was better than some of his runs his greatest, his greatest run of his life. I'm yeah, like, no. are you fucking what? <laughs> no. But, dude, he's got to sell his program, right? He's got to sell his product. Yeah. Only, only you would take that as fucking literal no, I Bible think, word. I think, and and I think if Tony Khan believes that, then he's drinking, his, he's drinking the Kool-Aid. But at the same point, To Tom, fucking say that, though, I'm like, look, you can believe whatever you want, but I'm like, come on. To say that and actually have people think that they're going to believe you saying that shit is not going to happen. People are going to look and be like, what the fuck wrong with you? Like, really? Sting never had a fucking match like Sting and Flair or Sting and Luger. He never had a match. Look, there's not a rememberable match I've seen in AEW. I'd be like, damn, why is he trying to jump off the fucking stage at 65? You know, that's in my mind. I'm like... And he has never he never did a singles match. It was always a doubles match, and he's been taking care of it. Mm-hmm. They took care of him. <sighs> like this coffee match. Why? 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 It's an excuse to get him on the card. I I mean, why it's the stipulation of the coffin match? Good question. But I mean, like, at least Stig's on the card, and I know that the London fan base is gonna go gaga for that shit. So. Oh yeah, they do have him come out there with the face paint and just and just do some woos and then <laughs> all you had to do is have him come out. You had to have Tony Schiavone do the whole stay. Call it a day, but yeah. Um we have the match for the real world championship in CM Punk versus Samoa Joe. Thoughts. You laugh, uh, you're laughing over there. Well, but because, like, the real world championship. It, <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, God. Uh, look, I'm more intrigued in it if it was ni- in 2007? 2010-ish, maybe? Not 2023? You know, but uh, I will say this. And, and like, to... To AEW's credit, if they're gonna do if they're gonna do separate championships for each of the big shows, like if Dynamite has their champion and Collision has their champion, okay, like run with it, whatever. If they're gonna do the whole thing where eventually this is gonna lead for a title unification, I'm on board with how it's going so far because they're letting the two champions be apart from each other. And fucking do their thing for a while, and eventually it will come to blows. Don't do like fucking WWE did with a quote unquote summer of punk and fucking blow your wad where, you know, CM Punk wins and runs off with the belt. We crown a new champion two weeks later, and then CM Punk is fucking back. Like, let it fucking breathe. You know what I mean? Let it fucking let the story tell itself. So whether whether they go with two champions or eventually it leads to them unifying the belts, I'm all for how it's being conducted so far. Because especially it, whether it's MJF or Adam Cole, and we will get to that match in a second. You know, if you have them doing their own thing for a while, and then you're like, by the way, 
there's this guy over on Saturday nights that keeps running his mouth about how he's the real world champion. Well, this belt here says otherwise. Let it organically play out. Because they could have done some bullshit as soon as Puck came back. Immediately, he's like, oh, it's going to be me and MJF because that would be the big money match. Blah, 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 blah. And that would be a big money match in fucking London, too. That would it would be. But I do have to say, I, I like where we're potentially going with this, with, with MJF and Adam Cole. But we're still talking about Punk and Joe. So I want your actual thoughts on that. Like I said, if it was like 2010, I would be more excited about this. It's just, uh, I don't know. I, I, if Joe would come out dressed as fucking Sweet Tooth, be fucking be like, oh, be all into it. I, I don't know. It, like, it, I, I think I've seen enough of having enough of older statesmen wrestlers wrestling each other i don't need to see it i think they that there's this time could be used for another young talent to be on there i mean i'm all for it but i also feel like you're getting your younger talent in the other championship match and even then like are you this is a match one out of one out of two is younger Adam Cole is not like in his forties, bro. Like he's close. He's closer to forty than he is closer to, to thirty. Yeah, but I'm still saying it's not On the like, other side of thirty-five. Yeah, but again, it's not like it's not like he's a true a elder. But statesman. a concussion almost took him out his whole career. So yeah, I, uh, I, I think it's. It, I, it, I think but it's the you, best you match. That, what I'm saying. I think it's the best match that you could give Punk at a card like this, considering he's just come back. It's somebody that he has history with, worked with well in the past. It's not that, like I don't think we're gonna have any backstage political fallout or anything from this match. It's a nice, safe match that's gonna entertain. It's gonna be a good match. But wouldn't it a couple like having that Ricky Stark CM Punk match a couple weeks ago? Wouldn't that have been better than here? I have a feel like they're going to be doing that in Chicago, all out. Because magically, that's what his suspension as an entering performer is up. I don't know. Yeah, I I, I mean I I think this is a nice safe match to generate a lot of buzz in. London, um, I, I think it'll be a good match. I think Punk will will go over in a de- in a definitive way. It won't be a small package that uh, Samoa Joe bitched about and while we're getting the match in the first place. But I think it's a way for Joe to like cleanly put over Punk, make him a viable world champion, quote unquote, and again keep that storyline going between him possibly facing off. Down the road against the winner of the main event, uh, which uh, we have MJF and Adam Cole that are going to be facing off with each other. Now, they're also going to be wrestling on the pre-show in the zero-hour match. They're going for the Ring of Honor World Tag Championships against Aussie Open. Now, I will say this. Adam Cole and MJF have been some of the best programming on AEW the last couple of months. I love the storyline that they have. I love their backstage sevens. I love their bro hang sessions. 
Like, it, it really has made for some of the best TV on AEW. But I do have a feeling that, uh, I, I, I don't know, I think it kind of, like, it, it kind of taints some of the luster of that main event match, having them wrestle in the opener. And even if you do something storyline-wise there, you know, how is that exactly going to play out going to the main event? I mean, I'll be very curious to see what they do, but I, I mean, I, I have some theories, but I, I want to go ahead because you, you, you look like you're you are dying to say something over there. So No, I'm, I'm really lost to words. I'm like, why do you have to have two wrestlers wrestle twice in the card when you got 90, over 90 fucking plus wrestlers on your fucking roster? It, to me, it's just, I don't understand it. Then you also have another pay-per-view the next week. I don't understand it. That's all I'm just, I don't understand it. To me, logically, that doesn't make sense to me, logically. So we've had this, uh, we've, we've kind of had this little side story that's been going on with, like, MJF Adam Cole, with, like, you know, Adam Cole's old bestie, Roderick Strong, being butthurt at the fact that, you know, him and MJF are hitting it off as well as they are, and that they're being pally-pally. So then Roderick Strong gets welcomed into the open arms of the kingdom of uh, Taven and Canellis. That are, you know, like, hey, man, we know what it's like, blah, 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 blah. You know, and they're, they're now palling up. I have a theory, and I want to run this by you, especially since um, we no longer have Bobby Fish. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly is still dealing with, you know, his neck injury. Um, what if we're building to, like, an Undisputed Era 2.0? And with Adam Cole playing, like, the... Buddy, buddy, chummy, chummy guy to MJF, showing him the power of love and friendship and everything. If this is just a slow burn to stab him in the back and join up with these three guys to build an Undisputed Era 2.0, what are your thoughts on this? I think that would be... It's all Ring of Honor dudes kind of like reuniting. Yeah. Seen it, done it, had a great run on it. I don't. Done. Do I was something new. Let's, let's do let's go new. Yeah, I let's go baby face fucking Adam Cole. And I mean, we've we've gotten that, but it's it's like one of those things that they're both like rehabbing. Uh, they're both being rehabilitated assholes, so to speak. I don't necessarily want to see the two of them like feud just yet because I feel like we still have a lot more story, a lot more uh, juice we could squeeze out of this orange. But at the same point in time, I just kind of feel like you know, we, we were talking about rushing things. Why are we having this match? I mean, like to me, it sounds like this this tag team match could have been just a tag team match could have been at this at this point where. Someone, one of the two fucks up, and then that gets a feud, and we go to Wednesday night feuding, Friday night feuding, Saturday night feuding. Fuck it. Let's get in the ring for your title. Let's go. And then all out have that fucking match. Or even, I, I just think it's, I think you could do so much with this. I think this could go pretty much all the way into November. Yeah. Into that pay-per-view. Full gear. You know, I, I mean, I, there, there's even the aspect of the storyline about, you know, 
MJF gave him the contract to sign. Like, I'm giving you the match. And he signs the contract, but he didn't read the contract. So was there something that was built in there as like, you know, up, oh, got one over on you there. I mean, there's so many different avenues that you can go with this, but at the same point in time, it just kind of feels like having that pre-show match really kind of fucks up that flow. I mean, I know I know that the two of them are going to put on a good match whenever they get in the ring together, but, like, is this whole pre-show match going to dampen the effects going into the main event? Especially when that is the main event of the show. You don't want it to be a dud. It's on the crowd home pissed. That's why I would have the women's match as the main event. But it's not going to be. I know it's not going to be because they're not full enough to do that. But I'm just saying, you want you want the crowd to go home happy and with a lot of props. Have, have your girl win it in fucking in London? I mean, uh, look. What I'm, I would do. I, I'm, I'm kind of pissed that I'm going to have to work for a majority of the pay-per-view. So, like, by the time I get out of work show will already be almost over, so I'm going to try to race to somebody's house to, to watch at least the main event. Um, but, I mean, I'm, I'm genuinely curious to see how some of this stuff plays out and how we build up to it after. I could definitely agree, though, with a lot of the critics backstage about, you know, the build-up to this not being as strong as it could have been. It does feel like some of these matches have been thrown together last minute. Um, you know, I think it was, what, like a week and a half, two weeks ago, we only had two matches announced, and it, it, it's it's oh, what's your car going? To be, what, what's your car? What's your car? What's your car? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. But yeah. then oh, we're going to throw the car. Pop, 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 pop. I mean, I mean, there was a lot of speculation of what we thought matches would be on there, and granted, some of them have come to fruition, but a majority of them, it's like definitely did not see that coming, and uh, don't know how I feel about that. But let's go ahead and jump to the E. Because uh, I know we can't do an entire show with all elite wrestling. Otherwise, you would, you probably would take a chair and sw- take a swing at me. Um, I was just say the whole storyline that's going on with uh, with Judgment Day been very uh, intriguing to follow. Because I, I think you can agree with this, and we talked about it. We did not want them to break up Judgment Day. No. But I do feel like we're, we're we're building towards an evolution of the faction and that there's definitely one guy that's got to go. And I think that the, the big argument was like, okay, who's it going to be? Is it going to be Finn or is it going to be Damien? Is it going to be Finn or is it going to be Damien? And I think more and more, it's kind of looking like it's going to be Damien Priest. It's going to be the odd man out. Wondering, uh, wondering what you think about him trying to go on a run as a baby face and the faction replacing him with J.D. McDonough. Oh, man. I'm hoping there's a way that they can work this storyline where they they don't have to take Damian Priest out of Judgment Day because the whole reason why I'm really liking Damian Priest because I've been a big Damian Priest critic. Mm -hmm. What makes him so likable, so great, is what he's been doing in the Judgment Day. Last week, the storyline where he was, like, rubbing off J.D. McDonough, like, no, no, you're not part of this group. No, I don't care if you're Finn's, Finn's boy. But then yet, J.D. McDonough is the reason why they got out of that situation, out of the situation they were getting out of. I think there's enough room to add another member 
but then have this still go on to WrestleMania where it's it's me or you payoff is gonna be someone has to leave the judgment day. Dom's too hot right now as a as a as a heel. Rhea is the is the focal point of the fucking of the of the faction. Mm-hmm. I think I don't think they're gonna I think it's gonna be a fail cash in for for Damian Priest. Cause it's just how it goes with this faction. It's like they this faction's not there to win. <laughs> I don't know why. Only person's gonna win in this faction is Rhea. Everyone else is it's 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 destined. They they're they're destined to make sure they lose every fucking match. I don't understand. They're like glorified enhancement talent. That's that's the thing that kills me. So like you use Finn Balor as like, oh, oh you're facing Finn. No, you, Finn's gonna put you over. Which I know Finn's gonna be okay with that because that's what Finn does. Mm-hmm. But goddamn, like you got to do something. You got to put gold on on one of the men. Something. See, I don't care. But like, with, with, but with, with Damian Priest, I want them all there. I want Jamie McDonough to go in there. I think that would be a great five person faction. And I think that would be. I think that would be a great. Then you can actually hold titles. You can hold more titles. You can have all the titles. You can have Intercontinental, Tag Team, World, and then with Rhea's with the Women's World. And you can actually have a faction that holds all the fucking titles on Monday. Well, I was going to say, do you think Do you think it's maybe something? Because I know they, they, they made it a point building up, to, um, building up to the Money in the Bank premium live event that the briefcase could be cashed in on any belt. Not a not a world championship, but any belt. Do you feel like that this feud stretches on where somehow, some way, they're able to get back on the same page, and rather than go for the world heavyweight championship, Damian decides to go for a mid card belt. I said, like I said weeks ago on this program, I said if Finn could win the world title, and then have an agreement with 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 Damian to say, hey. Go after the IC belt, so we can just gain everything. Then have have a tag team with JD McDonough and Dom go after the tag team titles. I I think that's the storyline that I would go after. You know, I think let the, let have one faction hold all the fucking belts. We never had a faction held pretty much all the belts. Not a faction that had the women's. And the men's, maybe the ministry or the corporation. Well, yeah, well, what I mean, like, because you, you could sit there and say, okay, well, we had Evolution, and Evolution at the time had all the men's gold at one Didn't point. Didn't no women's. Yeah, but at the same point in time, the, the, women's, the women's championship. The the, well, but did they all have the belt at the same time? That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I want have a faction that had all the belts at the same time. Yeah, but at the same, uh, but again, to that point, yeah, like you know, the the women's division wasn't taken as seriously back then as it is now. It would be nice to see that. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shoot that down. It, it would be nice to see that. I just feel like at the same point in time, maybe they view Damian Priest being that next Latino that is going to dominate that market, and it's easier maybe for him to do that as a babyface versus being a heel. I this is just this is just me trying to think like WWE, you know what I mean? Like, 
<laughs> no, they they get the person they want to for the Latino market. Who's Santos Escobar? Yes, and then you got Dragon Lee in, in NXT. That is, that that the whole reason why they they signed his ass. Yeah, but he's not on the main roster yet. N- no, but give it time. He's gonna be there. But like, nah. Because if Damian Priest has been there for a while now, and he ain't, he ain't dominating no market. He got this, all everything that he's getting now, and all the fanfare is all dealing with because of what's going on with the Judgment Day. Well, yeah, I'm just talking about especially like the reaction that he got in Puerto Rico and everything else, and and like I get it too with like you know they're going to cheer there for their own, no right? What. You know, you're Puerto Rican, you're going to, they're going to cheer for you. But yeah, but like even even that, like that was the catalyst for him to get this push as Senor Money in the Bank. That's yeah, why. I I, that's the only that. reason why I'm thinking that they that, that WWE could potentially be in that position where they're like, "Oh, he's the guy that's going to be our." You know, deep in back of my mind, I have this dark, sinister thing that they're trying to do, and I'm keep saying never. I'm, I keep trying not to say it, but oh my god, it. <sighs> we're gonna have a Tim. I'm, we're gonna have like a fucking NWO split. Judgment Day Black. Judgment Day Purple. Oh God! Because I, it just seems doesn't it kind of seem like that. Because you got Rhea and Dom, like you know, they they more seem like more more in tune with Damien, but they also like well, but it's Finn. Mm-hmm. But it's like but it's it, but it's Priest, you know. So it's like Priest, Finn, Priest, Finn. And it just seems like there would be like, and then Jay McDonough comes in there and like, all right, you know, if I was like, no, man, original is purple. We're going to be black. You know, purple. I, 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 hope, they don't, back I my, hope they don't do back that. Back in my but. mind, that's like the worst case scenario. And that's what keeps creeping back in my head. Because last week I was just like, oh, my God, they're going to fraction this. They're going to fraction off the faction into two different parts of the Judgment Day. I'm like, I, I don't, I can't handle this. Yeah, I hope not. I mean, they're making way too much money right now as far as merch and everything else for them to even fucking consider doing that. I think I think adding Jay McDonough, just like, just like kind of like with with um, Imperium, everything r- rumors now is one's gonna get kicked out and then Dragunov is gonna come in and take the. T- There's room for all four for four members. And I've also heard that Dragonoff wants nothing to do with that storyline. And granted, him. it could be him just saying that to like deflect, but at the same point in time, like he kind of goes as the antithesis I'd to rather, his character. I'd rather not have a Dragonoff and Gunther uh, partnership. I want a fucking Dragonoff Gunther match at <laughs> at WrestleMania. Yeah, I no, want it, them. I want them to go off. I want I I want those type of match. I want that type of match. I don't want. I don't want, but also too, I can understand too putting Dragonoff into the main roster. You got to put them with look what with that type of group because I think you know just how like just how like they 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 do foreign wrestlers like it's like what they did with with um with uh Castanoli. you know Cesaro was his slave name. I'm just trying not to say it. I keep, <laughs> saying, I keep getting mad at me when I say his, the WWE name. 
But like, but we're talking I, about it, in the WWE context. But, but so like if they okay, if they would have done that type of situation with Cesaro, which they did, but it just no chemistry with Cesaro, Sheamus. Yeah, the whole League of Nations the, thing the because Nations didn't fucking come because it's just like, oh hey, we're we're a bunch of foreign guys that are going up against Roman Reigns, and really we're just cannon fodder for Roman Reigns. You know, and I, but like what they're doing with 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 how they're making Imperium and they're making the IC title great, and then that tag team needs. I think they do before you break up that tag team, they need to run at the title. I mean, they need a legit run at the title. They. Uh, they need to split the tag championships again. Yes. Desperately. Because, I mean, now you're at a point where you do have enough viable tag teams on each brand to make that shit work. And um, there, there is really no need for there to be undisputed champions, especially when, sadly, both champions are fucking hurt at the moment. Um, and I don't necessarily say you take the titles off of them. But no one's came back this weekend. Well, yeah. No, I know. Um but it's funny. Kevin Owens came back this week, but Sammy was hurt. Yeah, it's like fuck. You know, we need to get on the same page with the injury bug there. Um, we uh we kind of talked about it off air. We were talking about all the successes that's going on with uh, you know, AEW with uh, the ticket sales and everything for All In. WWE, of course, ticket sales. Uh, you know, just recently came up for uh, WrestleMania 40 in Philly, and uh, in one day. Ticket sales for WrestleMania 40 topped the all-time gross record, 21.6 million set by this year's WrestleMania 39. Um, this is coming off the heels of SummerSlam, uh, which had ticket sales of 8.5 million, which is the largest amount for any non-WrestleMania event ever. Um, I was seeing like the different tiers of like what tickets were going for for WrestleMania 40. And it's just crazy. I think like ringside seats are going for like ten thousand a pop. And how much? I think I think it was like maybe ten thousand a pop wow. for ringside seats. I don't know if that's ten thousand for both nights or ten thousand each night. Um, either way, though, it's like shit. People could spend the money. I mean, like WWE commanded, people are willing to spend the money. Um, you know, fucking hats off to them. We we're just talking about the uh, gross for AEW. Was like nine million or over nine million, and the fact that WrestleMania just in one day, um, you know, twenty one point six, definitely a big difference. And I know that AEW's philosophy is we would just want to jam as many people as we can into the arena. We don't care about the price of tickets or anything. But it definitely goes to show you where the gap is when WWE can set the price, command it, and get it, and AEW still has a way to go to get to that level. Yeah. Ten thousand dollars. I don't think there's not a single ticket for AEW that's ten thousand dollars. No. <laughs> it just and just think of the fact that that ten thousand dollar ticket is going to resell. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, it's it's great, you know, because I what's staggering is that they, they sold AEW sold Eighty something thousand tickets, but how much was their profit? Nine mil. Yeah, it's already. What I think is already right now that the WWE will be profiting twenty five million so far on ticket sales. Twenty. Well, right now it's twenty one point six. Um, like that. That's topping the all time gross for this past year's WrestleMania. 
Now, I'm not sure if all tickets have sold out for WrestleMania 40 yet, but obviously that number is going to increase as we go. So, yeah, it could very well top 25 mil by the time it's all said and done. Yeah, I just think that's... I think when you look... Now, well, and, and so so flip side to that, I know the rumor and innuendo, and I know John Cena definitely tried to hype up the London crowd and everything, but that, you know, we will be getting a WrestleMania in London probably in the next couple of years. <laughs> yeah, I think, hey, AEW. Let's give you a clap of hands what you're doing. It's not going to last. Those records are not going to last. They're going to kill that. Those are going to kill it. If I, look. That, that we could have a London WrestleMania, and I guarantee you, if they can try to break this record, there will be no stage whatsoever at WrestleMania for that WrestleMania just to get more people in. Oh, yeah, no, they'll, they'll figure out a way to make that shit happen. I'll be like, they're going to be like, what, what, AEW? No, we're going to fucking break this shit, and we're going to do it two days in a row. Yeah. I, look, like I said, I think there's, you know, look, I don't think that everyone, what AEW is doing in London, great for their company. Yeah, no, it, it's it's a I pivotal I, moment for them. I don't think it's a pivotal moment because it, it's a different crowd. It's a it's, different crowd. It's a different crowd, but it's going to be one of their biggest successes as a company to date. The thing is, you need to figure out how to capitalize on that momentum and turn things around with the American audience. Here's the thing. You know, like, look, it Check, is you, you hit you hit the nail on the head because it's about the about the American audience. Well, yeah, and right now, excuse me, right now the they're not doing that here in the states, and like that's all good and everything in London. Like I said, that's just a little chip because you can see the numbers from previous wrestling organizations that go over there, and the numbers are always going to be strong. Mm-hmm. But I want them in AT&T Stadium and pull those numbers. Yeah. Right now, that's not hap- That's not going to happen. It's not. And, and granted, like I said, there's a lot of things that need to be tweaked, and, and we could definitely be critical of it. I do think at the same point in time, look, as, as easy as it is to pile on and shit on TNA um, for a lot of the crap booking that they had in the past, it was the thing was there was a while there where they were the only alternative outside of WWE. Not enough people supported it, and it went away. It's still around, but not to the level it was, say, 10 years ago. I don't want that to happen with AEW. And it's one of those things we we cried out for an alternative for ages, and we finally have it. It's one thing to be critical. It's another thing to shit on and not support the product because we've seen what happens when you don't have when you don't have the competition to go up against the WWE. Look, I don't know why. I guess this is the, the, the pharmacy part of me. TNA was just like fucking chicken pox. <laughs> it's there. It goes away. But it comes back as shingles. Impact. Dude, like, look, you can, hate on, you can hate on Impact all you want right now. But, I mean, they're putting on some so, good quality stuff. So, the last, uh, I'd say the last year or so has been I one s- of the best runs that they've had in a while. I saw I saw one episode 
I want to say two weeks ago. Maybe even last week. I don't remember that. It was. It was. I just. I was like, why? Like, what? Huh? I was just like, I. The production value does leave a lot to be desired. Because even like like because even I I like recently watched something with like Bully Ray and uh, PCO or whatever. That's that's what I saw. I was yeah. Like, what? Like what? Yeah. You watch you watch you watch that six man tag and then PCO returned and everything. I was like, holy shit! Like really? Like I'm like, are are we that desperate? Uh, Impact guys? Like I'm like, oh shit! I'm no, like, I like I, I will say that the production value does leave a lot to be desired, but as far as like the quality of the in ring work for the most part, it's it's very good. It, it's fucking stellar. But um, you know, again, it's like it's one thing to be critical, and there's things that we you know definitely need to. They killed Eric Young on TV, and yet he's back. It's like yeah. a fucking soap opera <laughs> in the middle of the daytime. Daytime soap. That's what oh, fucking that's what fucking wrestling is, dude. I know, but I'm just like I'm just like they literally fucking murdered him like on on screen. And then he's like, oh no, he's back. <laughs> well, so I, I, I feel like though one of the ways that AEW can definitely, you know, like one of the things they can improve, we talked about it earlier as far as adjusting your 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 taping schedule, adjusting the flow of your programming that way you're not keeping people in a fucking arena for six hours while you're taping multiple shows like you need you need to come up with a better schedule to manage that um you know whether it be ring of honor is a studio show um rampage is a a studio show figure it out like but yeah you're asking a lot for people to stay for an entire show and if people are like you, they also go to the same markets all the fucking time. How many times have we already been in Chicago this year? It's like at, at some point you're going to have the law of diminishing returns on that. You need to go to other markets. You need to grow your brand outside of your tried and true places. That was great the first year and even like into the pandemic to a certain extent, but you need to branch out if you actually want to grow your audience. Not to like steer the subject, but if I was a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, I'd be pissed the fuck off at at Tony Khan and and his dad. No, 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 no. So hear hear me on this one. You know how much money they throw out for those for the song rights and everything? They can't even pay for their own fucking stadium upgrades of the Jaguars stadium that they're about to they're going to be redoing or rebuilding or there's there's so much news right now about the new stadium or or going to renovate it but it's all going to be about public funded but yet well that's that's how the majority of these nfl projects are, yeah, don't, are trying that's to a go. whole another podcast that's, that's a whole another podcast I'm, I'm i'm trying to get that worked up on because that right there is a whole topic that i will i can do a two-hour spill and not breathe and talk I have so many fucking problems with that, but if I'm if, if I was a Jaguar fan, I'd be pissed off. How much money are you spending on, your, on this wrestling shit? Why well, putting that in our fucking stadium? Yeah, yeah. but uh, uh, from what I understand, also too is this that if they would have been in their home, st- if the because the cons own Fulham Fulham uh, FC, mm-hmm. 
to have it would have cost more money to prepare that stadium to be wrestling ready <laughs> than Wembley. And I was like, well, holy shit. Hmm. You mean you're going to pay yourself <laughs> to put a program into your I was just like I was hearing the money and I'm like, wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. But okay. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, all right. But I was going to say we were talking about uh AEW and uh or like what we would do to fix it and I know you have your 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 list of 5, so I figured I'd go ahead and give you the floor to go ahead and go run down your list. Let's go. I pretty much said half of these already. But uh here's my uh my rampage 5. My five reasons why I, re- I, I don't like AEW right now. Uh, number five, we said it a couple times already, runtime with the shows. Mm. Way too fucking long. They try to fit too much. Like I said, I think they're trying to fit 20 years of wrestling into, like, in in, in a week. You know, well, all right. So, like, we, we kind of talked about it earlier with the, uh, the Jericho Don Callis segment and how they didn't give it enough time to breathe. Like, Look at look at a lot of the moments that um, WWE has had as far as storytelling over the last like couple of months, especially with the bloodline stuff. All right, would it have been as impactful with say Jay Uso when he sided with Jimmy, you know, when they were getting kicked out of the bloodline or whatever, and you know he had to sit there and decide if he was going to turn on his brother or he was going to turn on Roman. If we just you know. Up, oh, you know what, Jimmy? I'm with you. Boop, super kick, Roman, and then we cut to black. It's like no, we gave we gave it a moment to like cue in, like cue the camera into the eyes to like tell the story with facial expressions and feature. You could see the angst in Jay as he knew what he was about to do. It was like, yeah, I'm gonna tell my brother he's out, but then mm, we're gonna stick it to Roman, and then like really letting the moment breathe after. It's like. That's what you you you're able to go on that ride with the storytelling because you are able to feel the moments. You are able to sense the tension and sense the emotions. It's you know you need to give those segments time to play out and develop so you can commit yourself to it. And yeah, there's definitely one thing with AEW rushing over everything, and it's not just Excalibur talking a thousand miles a minute. You know, it's it's just letting those moments breathe. Let, a, let let us process what we're seeing before moving on to the next thing. But it's 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 literally like fucking TikTok. It's bing bang bing 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 bing, like instant gratification, and that hurts the product. To your point, it does. It you know, like I'm still enjoying it. It makes me overall get, makes me want to get an Adderall prescription just to watch it. <laughs> I mean, I'm still enjoying the product overall on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Don't get me wrong, but I do feel like there's missed opportunities there because you're not giving segments the moments that they deserve. Yeah, just like I said, there it's just way too long, and I feel for, I feel for the audience that's coming up this Wednesday because that shit's gonna be a long ass, and it's just not like a day. This shit's gonna be like it starts at five, I believe. What I read, and, yeah, and they're gonna be there till like eleven, to one o'clock, o'clock in the morning. God, I feel sorry for for kids that want to go watch wrestling, and but hey, um, number four, I don't think they do their pay per views properly. I think they're, I know they have their three, what four four pay per views a year. Well, now now three. you well no you no, can say four, five. Right? Um, so you have Revolution. You have double or nothing, all out. Um, 
Full Gear, and then Forbidden Door is now, I, I guess, kind of you could say your fifth pay per view. I, I believe, that, and then they have all these big those name shows all in between. Yeah, those like theme shows like Fight for the Fallen, um, Fighter Fest, uh, Bash at the Beach, uh, Winter is Coming. I, I yeah. believe some of those shows could be could, like Fight for the Fallen. I mean, or like Fight for the Fallen. I think that's a great opportunity to raise money. Well, they, know that's where they try to raise money, I think. But well, they 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 did that. Uh, well, that, yeah, they they used that, that to raise money, but they also did it this past uh, week for uh, for Maui for yeah. for a lot of the the fire victims out. How much in more money can they would have made with the pay per view revenue with that? There's there's I think there's lost things with these I, these shows that you can do also on pay per view. You, you know, I, I gotta say though, like to that aspect though, I do like the fact that we only get like so many pay per views in a year. Because, and, and like, you know, in a sense, WWE has gone back to trying to do once a month. Or if they say don't do, or maybe they don't do a pay-per-view one month and they give it, like, enough time to breathe to, like, the next pay-per-view. And, like, WWE has cut back their premium live events. I don't necessarily think you need to have a pay-per-view every month. No. But because then I, it's a way for you to, like, rush storylines. I, I mean, granted, you, they still do it. I think I think they can do it. I think they need to do it every every. Two months should have one just to to help develop storylines, but also get some of these other storylines because, like, you have freaking eight nine events on on a card for one pay per view, and then we have another eight nine events for the next pay per view. I'm like, they try to load it up like a U like a UFC card. Yeah, but I'm like, it's not there. I mean, it there's there's a lot of dead moments that happens with this. Shorten up the pay per views, but also increase them. I, I, I could get behind them maybe doing six pay-per-views a year. If you want to say do one every other month, I could get behind doing six a year. Yeah, every other not, month. Not so, much, uh, not so much more than that. Yeah, I, that's what I meant. Every other month. Do, do one, one every other month and just have to, to, to keep a, a flow of your storylines, but also a finish of your storylines. Like I know, I know that the all-in opportunity kind of presented itself in the moment, in that it wasn't necessarily planned for well enough in advance to cancel the all-out pay-per-view. But I kind of feel like it is the redundancy of doing a pay-per-view on a big scale like London, and then coming back around one week later to do another pay-per-view. You, you could have made that just a a a TNT special. Yeah, I mean that's that's. Yeah, like uh, just just to me that they they didn't think that one through. Uh, number three, production wise, and we're not. This is excluding Collision. This is from the whole history of AEW. Production always gives me well, I'm scratching my fucking head half the time because I'd be like, "What are they fucking doing?" I.e., the cardboard steel that Jericho. <laughs> went through and <laughs> tried to sell. Yeah. The firework episode with Eddie Kingston. Uh, he <laughs> it's just, I don't know, just like chairs, like tables. Just the product, like production just does not, I don't understand. You get, you have this money. Where's this fucking production? Dude, we, we, we've talked, you know, we've, we've talked about like, cause you, you brought up the tables and that's been a big sticking point for me. Um, a, a couple of times on this show is like, I swear to God, I'm waiting for somebody to be impaled by a fucking leg 
that that you know wasn't gimmicked properly and just fucking stabbed someone like through through the stomach or whatever. It's 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 gonna fucking happen. I mean, we we had the fucking incident. Um, what was it like a year and a half, two years ago, where fucking Cash Wheeler, uh, almost like fucking bled to death because of a fucking turnbuckle hook that went awry and fucking sliced his arm open, like. Yeah, they definitely need to get their shit together as far as from the production standpoint of gimmicking props and everything to, yeah, make it look a little more believable, but also at the same time make it safe for the workers. Um, number two, we got, uh, we said this uh, plenty of times, pretty much the, 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 I guess it's kind of the unofficial topic of the show, slack of storytelling long term. Um, we don't need to go back more yeah, about no, that. We, we've already waxed poetic enough. Go and ahead. And my number one are five people, just five people that I can't stand. <laughs> We're talking about Kenny Omega, <laughs> Young Bucks, Adam Page, and their boss, Tony Khan. <sighs> can't stand him. I can't fucking stand watching them. Can't stand them. Listening to them, can't stand watching them. I never have. Never could. See, I, I will I will say this, and, and I know that you don't like a lot of the flippy-dippy shit. What I do like, though, is the fact that um, at the heart of it, they try to give you a little taste of everything. You'll have a match where you have the flippy-dippy shit. You'll have a match where you have serious in-ring technical workers. You have a match where there's more storytelling that's involved. It's like, I like the fact that they give you more variety. And it's not everything is to a set, oh, this is this is how we do things in the E. You know, this is how we do things uh, here in Stanford, you know. Like, I like the fact that it's variety. Everybody gets a little something that they can enjoy. Um you know, kind of like we were I, somebody that asked me the other day about like, you know, Nyla Rose and what I thought about Nyla Rose and if it was like a good thing to have, you know, um, a wrestler like that competing with the women. I'm like, I'm like, no, well, no, I'm like, look, this isn't. This isn't like true competitive, like bodybuilding or swimming or anything like that. It's it, yes, it is scripted athletic competition okay you can get away with with stuff like nyla rose competing against a bunch of women um you can have characters like sunny kiss competing in the ring it's like wrestling at the end of the day is for everybody and there should be that representation of having a little something for everyone to turn into tune into and enjoy not every segment is going to be your cup of tea but the fact that they give you a little bit of everything and there's something for everyone to enjoy. That's a good thing. And, and I want to see AEW keep doing that. But going back to your point about storytelling and letting things breathe and et cetera, like that's the thing that's going to keep people coming back. And so while I do like that, as far as like types of matches and everything, we get the variety you definitely need to have that storytelling element to keep people tuning in and coming back. Even 
even like when when Triple H first came to power and we had those raws the first like couple of months where yes something would be going on backstage where there'd be a segment that we were supposed to be focusing on but then in the background there would be another story like little sub stories that are being told that you know it's not like we can hear what they're talking about in the background but we can see that some shit's going down or whatever it's little things like that the little nuggets that you know keep you tuning in like oh shit all right i gotta see what's gonna happen next i gotta tune in AEW needs to tap into that more I, I totally agree with that. I think it was all like that. But I, I'm going to say something controversial. I put the elite in the category of mine with Bret Hart. <laughs> as those are the people that need to be dipped in fucking acid and be thrown off this fucking planet. Oh, Jesus. I don't like that. I, I, it's just something about them that curls my fucking blood. I, I, look. You, you, have you, you, I know you have. There's got to be that type of wrestling you see that you'd be like, "Oh, I, I, I can't, I can't deal with that." I, I can't you, watch that shit. I like look for for a long time there for me that wrestler was fucking Jeff Jarrett. That that wrestler still is Jeff Jarrett. I'm sorry, dude. But I, Jeff I, Jarrett and that fucking bell of fucking acid too. I will say this because I've been on record on this show as saying Jeff Jarrett is the most milk toast wrestler ever, and like. Literally, if I uh, were, I said he's a cancer because everywhere he goes, he's he's a, just the the eater of all wrestling companies. But I I, I like I, I got I got to say though I actually like the way that he's being utilized in AEW. It's like he's kind of he, he's kind of like not not quite doing a parody of himself, but he's doing a lot more goofy shit, and it's like that I can kind of get behind. Like some of his segments with um. Jay Lethal, like especially the shit that they were doing with uh, with uh, Jay Briscoe um, just a couple months ago. Like, I-, I was behind that. I was enjoying the hell out of it. It, it made me laugh. It got me invested. Like, I-, I-, I like the way he's being utilized, not as like a serious person, not as in I'm trying to capture every championship on the fucking show or like I'm the show. I can appreciate him being a bit player and knowing his role. Um. You might also think that he's not doing that because he might be afraid of other people in Florida because they got they get guns when they're born. <laughs> no, um, I, I'm trying to think of like who that wrestler would be for me now, because like there isn't, there's not necessarily a wrestler that I'm like so very anti at the moment, because even like a good chunk of those wrestlers aren't on. Like aren't in major roles at the moment. I do. Um, I love the whole thing, and, and this is like a storytelling beat that I'll say that AEW is doing great. I love all the storyline stuff that's going on with like Christian Cage and Luchasaurus. The fact that Luchasaurus is your TNT champion, but fucking Christian Cage is out there parading himself around like he's the champion. I do like that whole storytelling element that's going on. The uh, Jungle Jack Perry stuff, I'm not necessarily on board with yet because I don't feel like he's really taken that step as a heel on his own. But I don't understand why you split them up and then turn both. They're both heels, but well, you well, it's like you split. Well, so it's like you split them up, and you could make the argument, and, and like, and Christian could make the argument the entire time that like I was right. 
You know, I tried just like he tried telling Jack Perry this from the get go. Jack didn't want to hear it. And now Jack's finally buying it. And now Christian could say I was right. But you're not necessarily having them interacting at the moment. So. Yeah, so there's no wrestlers that you don't that you can't think that they just. <sighs> I mean, I'm, I'm like really trying to sit there and be like, there's not. I don't think there's there's anybody at the moment that like when they come on my screen I'm like ah oh, shit why why is he on like for me for a while there and this is after they bungled his uh, push for me it was maybe Wardlow so just like why are we building up Wardlow again when like you built him up the first time to be a Goldberg and then you had him lose and then it's like what what's the fucking appeal now because he, he literally his thing was he was an unbeatable fucking monster. Now you've wasted it. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe that was it for me for a while because I was on board the Wardlow train, and then I wasn't. And then I was like, stop parading him out for me. It, might, it must just be me then because there's I have, like, a bunch of wrestlers that from back in the day that they would come on they come on the screen or their matches up next. I'd be like, oh, I, can't, I can't watch it. Bret Hart's one of them. I don't know. I couldn't stand Bret Hart. Still can't. I mean, like, in that whole ordeal, I was a Shawn Michaels kind of guy, so. But, like, even, like, with Bret Hart, like, Bret Hart, I can never get behind Kurt Angle. Really? I I really? Behind. That might be a show, like, who. Oh, dude. Who, 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 you, who you most dis- dislike? If there, if there was a guy, I will say this. If there was a guy that I disliked, aside from John Cena, for, for a long stretch there, just because, uh, for obvious reasons. Maybe it would have been Randy Orton, and it, it was it was one of those things that just because he was given so much so quickly, that it's just kind of like okay, well, what is there to fucking do now? It's just like oh god, he's in the main event picture all the fucking time. I just love the fact that I, I hate when he's a baby face. I think this last run with him and Riddle was the best baby face run I liked about him. Yeah, but when they but when they went PG. That's one with with Randy Orton. I was like, okay, this is not gonna work. Yeah, no, like it, so, like Randy Orton. The thing for me, I liked him when he was in Evolution, when he when he turned face and was champion. I was like, there's potential, there's potential there. But at the time, he's still a young, hot shot dickhead. It's like he wasn't mature, and so it's like, okay, the the, the face run isn't gonna last long, and it didn't. Did I like the stuff that he was doing with Raid RKO? And then even the stuff that he was doing with Legacy, you know, early on. But, like, for a good chunk of his run, it was just kind of like he was there. And it wasn't even like he was a compelling heel. It was just like he's, you know, generic heel of the week, but he's dominating the main event picture. It's like, ugh. There's, there's a wrestler now that I like him. I like, I like watching his in-ring work. But, oh, God, the fucking outfits that Seth Rollins be wearing, I... I yeah well it's you know him being an outlandish personality and like even i'll say this like to me i don't like seth as a baby face to me he's better as a fucking heel i'm like it's one of those things when he won the championship it's it makes sense he could be a good first champion but i'm just waiting for him to fucking drop the belt now and it's like can we do that sooner rather than later and I got one for you. This is a shocking one for you. 
a wrestler that I'm getting started to, to dislike watching. Or even if I hear if I hear the the wrestler's name, I just be like. And her name just slipped my fucking mind. <laughs> her name? Ooh, okay. WWE or AEW? Uh, Bel Air. Bianca Bel Air? You know, I... Oh, God. I, okay, I will give you this. We talked about it on the show. I feel like she's done everything that she could do as a face. And I feel like that EST character, just, just the... Being the, the greatest, the geez. fastest, the strongest, right? That lends itself more to being a heel than it does a babyface. And like, I get that she gets over with the young girls and everything like that, but I just I feel like at the same point in time, she was starting to become very John Cena-ish, where it's like she's just John Cena-ish. There's been no character development. It's she's the same fucking thing. Like. I was hoping that this thing with Charlotte would spearhead her becoming a heel. And actually, you know what? All right. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Because now that you say that, and and we parked on her before, but fucking Charlotte Flair. Is she a heel or is she a face or is she a whatever? She's a fucking heel. Just let her fucking be a heel and stop, and stop changing her fucking character every fucking week because that, that doesn't give me... I don't know how to fucking react. Do you want me to cheer her? Do you want me to boo her? What the fuck is she? That okay? There you I go. Just, that that's I a wrestler that fucking aggravates me. I like I like watching her in ring work. Yes. I just hate watching her in in championship matches. I hate I I, I hate watching Bianca. I hate. Bianca watching her talk and being in segments where I'm supposed to feel sympathy for her because, again, it goes back to the whole if she is the EST of everything, and why should I work, feel sorry for how's her? How's this going to work if, if she's a face and her husband, which everyone knows that's her husband, is about to be heel? Yeah. And actually, I love what they're doing with the fucking uh, Street Profits right now with the whole thing with Bobby Lashley. Her business 2.0. But, but, but Speaking of Lashley, though, that that was a wrestler that for a while there, I was like, I hated watching him in the ring. And then, like, over the course of, like, the last two and a half years or so, really, really since right before the pandemic, um, maybe when, like, Leo Rush was his mouthpiece for, like, a very brief moment there, I got behind him. And I was like, you know what? I can now see, like, the hype with Bobby, and I can get on board with it. But it's like, you got to give him some shit to do. I feel like he's not doing anything right now. I don't know if it's injury-related or, or, or what, but it's like he needs a program, and he needs a feud, and he needs it like yesterday. Yeah, and the thing is, like, you look at you look at that roster on SmackDown, there's like, I don't see nobody. He's going to go against for the U.S. title again? I'm like. Yeah, well, well that's it. That, I can see a feud going on that's once the other, L.A. Knight gets a title or something, and then they have that feud go on. Well, that's the other detriment to having a guy like Roman Reigns, who is only on one show, being the champion of said show. Because it's like you, and and you have, uh, yeah, it, it just, the, 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 the whole thing with the U.S. championship picture to me is just like a clusterfuck. 
you know, we, we put it on Ray, or we put it on. It's on Ray now. Well, yeah, no, I mean, we put it on Ray, but then, like, are we using it to now, like, have him feud with Escobar? Like, are we building up this jealousy angle with Escobar? I feel like they shouldn't have taken it off of uh, of Austin Theory. Uh, you know, like, if they wanted to wait a little bit longer to, to build up L.A. Knight a little bit more before putting the belt on him, like, I feel like he needs the belt before the end of the year. But, like, if we're going to turn, if we put the belt on Ray to turn Escobar, make him heal, and have him have a run with the championship before L.A. Knight ultimately wins it, okay. But I feel like you already had that with Austin Theory, and I get pretty deadly he's out hurt, but, like, I think you kind of shit the bed with that momentum post his match with Cena at WrestleMania. We can throw we can throw uh, Austin Theory in that little mix where every time I see him, I like I do not want to watch him wrestle. I don't want to hear him. I don't want to hear his mouth. <laughs> I, I I think once again I think I think I I I see him and hear him. I'm like fucking John Cena. It's like fuck. I don't need this. Um. To point to to say this. I am will be happy. Uh, I'll be happy at the end in the end run if LA Knight would win a US title, like I said, at WrestleMania. I don't he doesn't have to win it this year. I think I I uh, want him to win. I want him to have a, a title reign. But I see in the future, I see the future of him like Zack Ryder winning it and the next night losing it for some fucking reason. God, I hope they don't do that. Uh, shit. I, for some fucking reason, I see that, and I'm like, I, I don't know, but I'm like, also, I don't think he needs a title, but I think he's he, he's so over that he's one of those part. Like, I don't need him to have a title. He already had it. Look, technically, he already had a title in, in WWE. He's like, you know, like when Miz was like, he never won gold before. I'm like, he had the million dollar belt, bitch. Like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I mm, I dis I disagree with your assessment there. I do feel like he needs a title, and I feel like you need to capitalize while he's hot. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. There's only two titles that actually mean something in in WWE right now. Well, right, but you and that's can't, the problem. Yeah, but but like to to your whole point, going back to like Bobby Lashley made the U.S. title relevant, and then but to it's your not no more. Well, but to your whole point of like why. Adam or, or why Adam Page shouldn't have been uh, AEW champion right off the bat, you know, because he, he didn't have, you know, a time to, to, you know, to prove himself as champion or whatever like that. Yeah. Like, I feel like you give LA Knight a mid-card push. You give him that mid-card title. Let him have a run with it. See how he does to see if you can groom him, if he could potentially be a main event player. I mean, granted, we know he's main event caliber stuff. But I know a lot of those companies like to see proof with their runs as like mid card champion before elevating them to that next level. I agree, but I think also too is like we are, I already know we already know what you're gonna get out of them. True. So I'm like it's 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 gonna be nothing new. I'm like it's I I I think that that level he's at right now that's a that's a run not not for the U.S. championship because the U.S. championship doesn't mean shit now. I hate to say that. I mean, look, they they fucked it up with with Austin Theory. 
the, yeah. the, with what Bobby Lashley did to build that fucking championship up is now fucking shit. Doesn't mean shit. IC belt is is probably the, the second most worthy in the, in the company, and Roman has that has both those has both those titles. Like um, one of our listeners um, that I work with uh, on Friday, mm-hmm. shout out to Adam. Um, he was like, "Yeah, Cody should have won that world championship." No, who wants to win that fucking secondary fucking title? That made up fucking title. I'm like. The title is still actually is part of the other title. It's I'm not. Like, it's not going to be that. It's not going to be that catharsis that fans want. Because even if he wins that belt, he he has made it such a point since he came back about the belt that he wants to win, the belt that has the pedigree and the legacy, and fans know that. So like you put a secondary belt on him, like the world heavyweight championship, fans are immediately going to be like, oh, you're trying to give Cody a consolation prize. They're yeah, not gonna buy that shit. I think even too like too like I'm not I say like it's not a joke. I, I say like sometimes it's is a joke. That that World Heavyweight Championship is a joke. I like the boat design. I just think that the whole purses of that title, that title is still integrated with that other title. Mm-hmm. That the World Heavyweight Championship was integrated with the WWE uh, championship. So that part of that title is still in that belt. That title is not a full title. It's kind of like AEW's championship. Mm-hmm. There's a, a one that's real and one that's not real. What is the real title? Technically, the real title is the one that the, the champion never lost. That's the linear championship. Mm-hmm. So technically, Roman's the linear world world wrestling champion. So it's like, okay, now you still got the you got two world wrestling champions right now. The linear, which is Roman, which is not sta- stated because it's tied into a whole different yeah, title it's, now. Yeah, it's, 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 it's combined into... But then this one has a whole new history, but I'm like, it's the World Heavyweight title. But you said the World Heavyweight title. That title is in this belt. So it's like, I, to me, like the title has no weight. It has no weight into it. And I just like, I, I think... WWC, WWE wrote themselves into a corner with how they did all of that. It's like, instead of creating a new championship, they should just never unified the fucking belts in the first place. But it it looks better for, for Roman. So it's like one of those things they wrote themselves into a corner with it, tried to write themselves out of it, don't feel like they succeeded on that front. You know, like, everyone's been here... Coming out like people like uh, like a lot of wrestlers are saying, oh, like greatest of all time, Roman Reigns. No, I'll, I'll give him one title. He's a goat of. He's a goat of two and nine eights. Hey, he's yeah, no, dude, he's amazing at that fucking last second kick out. Yeah, holy shit. At the at the last tenth of a of a second kick out, he's a goat at that, but. No, <laughs> I think at the end of the day, I think at the end of the day when we we look back in years from now, it's not going to match up to like a lot of the other runs. A lot of the other runs are a lot shorter. You know, Roman Reigns been in WWE for over ten years, ten years plus. Fucking Stone Cold was not even here for two years, almost as the total run. 
but that that run was more memorable. Just not because it had a lot of highlights to it, mm-hmm. but it was more memorable because it, it like it to the crowd. It, it just came out. To me, I think at the end of the day, it's going to be what with Roman Reigns is going to be like. It was just a long run, but I mean, it was just. I you know like I do appreciate I, I do appreciate them trying to harken back to the olden days of wrestling. I do I do feel like there there should be a better balance of not necessarily doing like the attitude error where the fucking belt changed like every other week. Um but at the same point in time, the whole point of why you had those historic long runs, you know, up until the eighties, like that's when you started to see them kind of die off. Um, Hogan being the last one to have like that multi year run. Um, is just because like again, you're you're now fully televised. You're you're traveling more. It's not like you're doing one show a month. Yeah, you're not the you're also not the only draw that the company has. Right. Normally Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan, that was the draw. Oh Hogan's gonna be in it's going Hogan's special events. You know. But even with like Ric Flair, Ric Flair dropped that title so many times just to, to win it again. Right. You know, I mean you come to the greatest like when you think of greatest of all time, I'm like just because you held it for like the so you were you wrestling against inferior wrestlers? Not in Flair's case, because no, no, I'm just saying I'm saying no, each if you hold if you're holding the title for that long, like Roman Reigns is like, is your opponents inferior to what Others were like Ric Flair didn't have inferior opponents. He had great opponents. Did Roman Reigns have inferior opponents because he kept this title for three years? That's a question. I'm always going to bring up the question mark is this is like Well how can you come from coming back from having a, another bout of cancer and then come back like into this giant fucking run without having like um uh, some relapses or some like hmm. Well, I mean, obviously, right? we know he's had a lot of help with the bloodline and everything else. But you do, I, I do, I do feel like that that's right. He had a lot of help with bloodline, like the bloodline, like his fellow family members, right? The bloodline that goes from the syringe into the arm. <laughs> but no, like you do. You, I mean, I do feel like that's going to be one of the things that we've seen the cracks in the foundation or whatever, and as they implode more and more, that's going to leave the door open for, like I said, with Cody does challenge him at WrestleMania 40. Because, like, I, I feel like that that is the ultimate end goal, and there's no other way that you can do it. Whereas Cody wasn't ready before. He's just coming out of this feud with Brock. We have several other feuds for him to potentially have building up to that. You can't say that Cody won't be battle-tested at that point. And also, by that point, there won't really be those family members to have Roman's back because he would have basically turned all of them off at by that point he's not going to have anyone to have his back he's not going to have a solo Sokola to to you know come back out of the crowd after he'd already been kicked out of the match oh yeah to give the smoke spike and cost cody so it's you know we're building to that and i like the long-term storytelling from that perspective there, there there's that whole uh theme again long-term storytelling yeah, those fucking four years. That's, that's <laughs> there's long term and there's holy shit. This is taking too long. Uh, what I was gonna say? I hope I'm still alive by the time that Cody wins the title. 
<laughs> you and me both I'm should. Gonna be 40, I'm going to be 43. You're going to be 43, but you're going to finally see a Rhodes be world heavyweight champion. I see a Rhodes be a world heavyweight champion. In, in WWE. Well, it's kind of funny because actually the world heavyweight championship that his daddy held is actually the belt that Roman wears. That's the whole thing. Like, I don't understand about legacies. I don't. I, this is the thing I hate about WWE. Like, as much as I could go talking to how I hate AEW, uh-huh. WWE doesn't take it back to their history. Oh, yeah, yeah, look. They, they fudge on their history. Oh, look, look. Roman said that. But, but you God damn it. it what's is. in those belts? Uh-huh. Let's, let's talk about w- what the championship lineage of those belts that he's holding. There's a long lineage, and then you just create this fucking belt. Like, Universal Belt, that was just creation. Yeah. N- n- new belt. But you come back with a World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, excuse me. We've had a World Heavyweight Championship. It's in that belt right there. It was combined with the WWE Championship belt, and then we got this ugly monstrosity of a belt. Now, that is now combined with the Universal title. Now, we got... I, I, I hate that shit. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, I was going to say, though, I think that uh, kind of puts a, a nice little bow on yeah. this week's episode. Yeah. I feel like this is a good uh, time to call it a night. Uh, I agree. I agree. And <laughs> um, We'll be um, doing the show every two weeks now. Um, yeah. So next week we'll, we'll, be, um, we'll be off, and then we'll come back, and we'll do a probably recap of AEW for well, sure. Well, we're kind of talking about how we structure, uh, how we're going to structure the show going forward, even when TNK comes back, just like with everybody's work schedules and everything going on, trying to do it every week, um, at least at, kind of in, in this iteration of the show. It's it's a little bit too much to ask. So I feel like kind of going forward, doing every other week, good way to go. And we might every once in a while have like a, an extra show thrown in. It's like a special event or something crazy comes down. It's like, okay, you know, hold the presses. We we have to fucking do this. But I feel like every other week, at least, that's something that we can consistently give that, you and, know. And as we record, too, this is actually going to be, I am debating myself right now because I am recording uh, a YouTube version of this, and I'm recording a a podcast audio version of this. I feel like I don't want, I don't feel like this should be our first episode putting on, on, yeah, on YouTube without having uh, TNK here. But I, we, when this, all this, this, this thing with YouTube say we're coming out, we start trying things out. I got this, and then it's like, damn it, I don't want to do this yet. But <laughs> we have it here, it's in my hands, and we're coming to, YouTube soon. It's going to be under not a fat, uh, a raging marks, uh, um, podcast name. It's going to be under the, um, the parent company, fat banter productions. And it's going to be, we're going to have like all the podcasts in that one banner mm-hmm. to help them to start having all these different channels. Cause I don't want to be like five fucking different channels and like we are with the podcast. Yeah. But like we have the one company, it's this one banner and then all the other podcasts will be listed with its own playlist. But so we're getting we're getting there. Yeah, no, I was going to say even like just some of the stuff that uh, we were kind of talking about the last show that like we were off air last show. And then you even showing me some of the stuff that you have in the pipelines, like right before we went on air tonight. 
Like, no, there's definitely big things in the works, and there's going to be a lot of really cool, like, show ideas and concepts that now that we are going to be kind of slowly transitioning over to YouTube as well um, that we can do. And from a production standpoint, it's definitely going to strengthen the show, strengthen the quality. Um, it'll be a little bit easier to follow along um, when we're talking about things on an audio perspective that we could actually have those visual representations thrown up too. Um, so it'll definitely be easier for the flow to actually see what the hell's going on. Um, and then I know, like, eventually down the road, we'll actually have cameras and you'll actually get to see our ugly mugs, you know? Well, not mine, because I'm ravishing after all, but, you know. An amazing thing, one of us is going to be probably masked. Well, you just said it's not you. Yeah, not me, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, my process of elimination. I'm going to tell you, it's not me either. <laughs> I'm the, I'm, look, more when we, when we go to YouTube, I'll be behind a camera running point running the show we are talking about having like maybe like a a uh a rampage cam uh-huh to have and i will cut to me at some point but uh the to get on to more production wise it's going to be a little bit more tedious part of this so there's going to be more that part being being done than being on scenes and i know some people like man you i'm always negative look i play a heel <laughs> Let's be honest. I'm the original heel of this program. You gotta, There's you gotta have, have a. You always have to have a contrarian in the group because that's how you have good banter. But I and like when I give TK a hard time on TNA shit, it's just for the fuck. I never watched this shit. I don't even know what the fuck <laughs> happened. But I do know what the company did, and I and I'm like, you know what? It followed the same fucking blueprint of other failed companies, and it's like, it's like, damn. They do. They they had a very brief window there, though, where the quality of the product they were putting out was better. Very than good. WWE. It was very good. It's you know, it's just kind of sad that they weren't able to maintain that momentum. And that, but look, that's a big thing. Any any kind of competition that goes up against WWE, because again, WWE even had their stretch where they were shit, but they were also the only major player in town, so they could get away with being shit because they knew that people were still going to tune in. They were still going to you know. It's literally but, what what Madden Madden. Men uh, football franchise is going through right now. The same Jesus. shit. They're the only, only, only uh, thing on in the block, and it, they don't give a fuck about it. Uh, yeah, something needs to change for that fast. But uh, anyway, enough, enough talk about what the show can be because uh, I was gonna say uh, sometimes it's like all right, enough talk. Let, let, let's do this. Let's make it happen. So. We're definitely going to be making it happen for y'all soon enough, and uh, we're definitely excited and uh, anxious to see all that come to fruition. Um, but thank you, as always, for your support and tuning in whenever we uh, drop these podcasts. We appreciate your uh, we appreciate you following us, giving us a listen. But uh, for this week's edition of the Rage of Marks Wrestling Podcast, for the Ravishing Rampage edition of the show, I'm Ravishing Randy signing out. Rampage out.